Today on Recur Now, Google reveals for the first time ever just how much dough YouTube actually rakes in. Plus, we got a detailed report of today's tuned-in social networker. And finally, having your own back, how you should be negotiating your way to your best fit situation. All this and more today on Recur Now. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Thursday, February 13th. I'm Abby Sullivan. I'm James Herrick. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's another beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, your news. So just the other day, I came across an article on The Verge that fully caught my attention. The headline, YouTube is a $15 billion a year business. That's bonkers. It's pretty wild, considering we've never before known just how much money YouTube actually brings in. And apparently YouTube has generated nearly $5 billion in revenue in just the last three months. Certainly nothing to scoff at. Google says YouTube generated $15 billion in annual revenue last year and contributed roughly 10% to Google revenue in its entirety. To put it into some perspective here, those figures make YouTube's ad business nearly one-fifth the size of Facebook's and more than six times that of Amazon-owned Twitch. Google also reports YouTube's subscriber numbers at more than 20 million across its premium and music premium offerings, as well as more than 2 million subscribers to its paid TV service. Alphabet, you know, Google's parent company, says revenues from those products are bundled into the other category. So let's think about phones and speakers, which made $5.3 billion just last quarter. That makes it hard to gauge the specific performance of any single product bundled under that category. We know pricing tends to become a bigger challenge as a company grows. Companies with lots of products sold at different price points, different customer tiers, or complex product bundles tend to see the greatest benefits from analysis. As a company bundling multiple products, analyzing which features motivate the customer to buy will be crucial for YouTube to establish how it packages and bundles each pricing tier accordingly and capture the most value for that section of the market. Although it looks like they're already nailing it in this space, if you're curious about more on bundling, we'll be linking to some pricing resources in today's subscriber newsletter. And now I'm throwing it over to Abby on the complexities of today's social networker. We have talked on the show before about how shopping has expanded beyond the traditional, as users become more attentive to the implications of their consumerism, socially, economically, ethically, just like it today's social networker is doing just the same, claims the crew over at Global Web Index. So their team is offering a detailed account of these issues, with a social media report outlining recent and crucial developments in online social behaviors, useful to anyone wishing to capture the attention and loyalty of today's switched on social networker. Here they are. Number one, they're more attuned to the ideas of digital well-being. Nearly all, that's 97% of today's digital consumers, are social media users, which means that the two terms are now virtually interchangeable. And 31% of those users use social for researching products. This indicates that an expansion in the number of tasks we carry out on social media doesn't equate to higher consumption levels, but rather increased moderation relative to our social activities which alters the nature of this story. And number two, they're more concerned about personal privacy. Global Web Index's data shows that a predictor of privacy-related anxieties is usage. While these concerns are nothing new, users are growing more wary as society becomes increasingly data-driven and as the media reiterates the worth of their personal information. And number three, social networkers are more mindful about their social footprint. Simply put, sharing on social media is declining, 
compared to 2015, heavy social media users are 20% less likely to use social to share their opinion. So we've got the data, but what does all this mean for us? Revealing social media literacy to be at its highest point to date. It shows that today's switched-on social networker wants to be spoken to in the most open and transparent way possible. We'll link to the Global Web Index's report on Connecting the Dots 2020 Trends in your subscriber newsletter. Because if we don't educate ourselves and subsequently our potential users, someone else will. And finally, we're eyeing the eight tips for better negotiation that product manager and software engineer Matt Andrews is outlining for us. Because no matter the stage of your career, negotiation stays relevant. And since the SaaS market is getting increasingly competitive, it's imperative now more than ever to be able to prove your spot in this space. Too often, we refer to negotiation attempts as tactics, when in reality, it's a simple set of skills that can be whittled down to better communication. In any scenario, negotiating what you know you deserve is critical to your success, ultimately bettering any operation as a whole. Now, here are a few that Matt points out. Number one, preparation. The more you prepare, the stronger your negotiating position. Make sure you've concretely answered the following to yourself before entering negotiations. About you, what's your goals? How are they prioritized? Now, on the other side, what do you think are their goals? How do you think they prioritize them? And about the situation overall, are there deadlines? Which side is under more pressure to conclude negotiations quickly? Number two, don't make cash, you're only king. Don't focus on headline figures alone. In job seeking, companies are structured to have multiple budgets and salary pulls only from one. Don't dismiss this as spare change. These extras can be significant. And number three, treating the other side as your equal, not your enemy. Respect that each side needs to prioritize their own interests, but that you also have common interests, namely getting to a deal. A good negotiation should not lead to a win-lose. It should be a win-win. There's a lot more where this came from, though, so we'll link to Matt's list in your subscriber newsletter. Be sure to let us know what you do to approach negotiation, because we're really all in this together, aren't we? And that's it for your February 13th subscription news. Up next, a ProfitWell book club on Peter Thiel's Zero to One. Why reinvent the wheel when you can invent something just as innovative but entirely new? The greatest leaders are those that have learned to think for themselves, those who've invented revolutionary solutions to our biggest problems, not those who've perfected solutions that have already been created. On today's ProfitWell Book Club, I dive deep into Zero to One, written by entrepreneur and investor Peter Thiel, who claims we live in an age of technological stagnation. And although IT has improved rapidly, there's no reason why progress should be limited to computers or Silicon Valley. Zero to One, at its core, reinforces the idea that doing what someone else already knows how to do takes the world from one to N, adding more of something familiar, while doing something new takes the world from zero to one. In it, Teal drives home five key points. Point number one. You can shape the future by uniquely viewing your present. Your progress in the present is what truly defines your future. What does this mean? There's horizontal thinking and there's vertical thinking. Horizontal comes from expanding existing ideas, while vertical means creating something new. Teal argues that the ability to think vertically is necessary in shaping a brighter future. Point number two. Monopolies are good for both business and society. The word monopoly gets a bad rap, but monopolies actually drive innovation. They thrive because of technological advantages, network effects, economies of scale, and solid branding. Point number three. 
The most successful companies find the secrets to success that can't be replicated. Don't get caught up in the mindset that there are no new ideas to be had. There is always opportunity for vertical progress. To achieve it, you need to pinpoint the secrets in society that may be so embedded they're difficult to withdraw. The things that are important, but which most people don't know about or agree with. Point number four. Successful startups are built on a solid team foundation. Booming startups start with a killer team. Teal knows you need the right people, the right culture, and balanced owner interests. Laying this foundation will help you survive in the long term. Point number five. There are seven critical questions every business must answer. Teal claims there are seven questions every company must answer in order to analyze and understand their market opportunity. He nods to the clean tech boom that spanned 2005 to 2009, where an investment bubble was at its height in Silicon Valley and thousands of companies were started in the industry. But so many failed because they didn't consider the market and the company itself. Do you need to read zero to one? Teal's take on building a better future can sufficiently be summarized in 10 minutes or less. I wouldn't run out and buy the book just yet. I don't necessarily agree with his sentiments in their entirety. Teal wraps with a highlight that founders tend to be oddballs, but their vision is what matters at the core. Again, this info is likely all you really need from Teal's view on building a better future and your own startup. But if you're still left intrigued, buy a copy and read on. We'd love to hear your take. And finally, we've got a teaser for Weekend Wisdom, because you know we'll have that here for you tomorrow. Next time on Weekend Wisdom. Everything about our business had to change. Think about the strategy for the company. The CEO's capacity to grow. We had to really embrace that. The world is just rife with examples of companies not listening to their key stakeholders. Find this and more like it on RecurNow.com. And your February 13th episode of Recur Now is complete. Tomorrow, we'll wrap the week with you with even more. This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find use for this show, subscribe for more like it at ProfitWell.com slash Recur. 